morning I want to talk about, well, I better Whaley turns the, the video on. And I'll give you this microphone, Brett. Thank you. I had fun with this title, can you tell? Look at the screen. Talk about um, removing the hinder from our kinder. And those of you who have good German background know what kinder are, right? Or even if you don't have German background. So removing the hinder from our kinder. In other words, how do we not hinder our children from the things God wants to do in their lives and through their lives? There's been a lot of stuff on the internet about children recently, about the attack, attacks on children. And I don't want to go into great detail because it's not kind of things I want children to have to uh, listen to. But between, I mean, the worst things that were in the last century were child labor, right? Kids were working the same hours as an adult or more, and adults were working 60 to 100 hours. And, uh, but today there's a lot more kinds of worst kinds of abuse going on. And children are really in God's thoughts. I want to read um, from Matthew 18, verses 1 through 6 and 10 through 11. And it should be up there on the screen. The disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them. And said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted, we'll talk about that in a second, and become like little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Then later in verse 10, we read Jesus saying, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. We're going to talk a little bit about seeing our kids in a minute. But I want to ask you a question first. I'm going to ask adults a question. How does God see our kids? Innocent? Good. Pardon? High value, yeah. I heard some other things. Pure in heart, yeah. Models, yeah. Pardon, Terry? As his own, yeah. Okay, anybody else? Good answer. So let me ask you, if God sees kids this way, pure, innocent, as his very own, of high value, those are some of the things said. How are God's, pardon? Oh, his models for us, that's right. How are God's values for children 
being reflected in your daily choices? What are you doing to steward, to facilitate God's values for our kids? Are you modeling or letting them be models for you? Are you esteeming and valuing them? Are you protecting their innocence? The things that were mentioned. Now look at another verse, in, a couple of verses in Matthew 19. Jesus said, Then the people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands upon them and pray for them. Have you guys seen that where Jesus, the picture where Jesus has got the children around him and he's putting his hands on them? That's a really cool painting. It's been around a long time. But the disciples rebuked them. Rebuked who? No, they rebuked the parents. Not the parents, the rebuke, not the parents or the children, rebuke the disciples of Jesus. Oh, excuse me, the disciples rebuked, yeah, Jesus rebuked the disciples. The disciples rebuked the parents and the children that were coming, right? Right? The disciples basically tried to drive them away. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to who? Such as these, to the children. Wow. Uh, anybody here ever played racquetball? Good. I played racquetball in college. You can tell I don't play now. But um, I did back then. I loved racquetball. And in racquetball, you've got these little court. You know, it's like 20 feet by 30 feet and about 15 feet tall. And you got two guys with short rackets, not tennis rackets, but shorter rackets. Racquetball rackets are shorter. And they are trying to hit that ball into the corner or low or something so the other guy can't get it on the bounce and hit it again. Girls play too. I'm sorry. Guys and girls. And, but when one guy gets in front of the other guy and blocks him by mistake so he can't hit the ball, that's called a hinder. When you, when you get in the way of your partner so he can't do what he needs to do, it's called a hinder. And that's what hinder means. It means to block something that needs to happen. And, and I always think of racquetball because I loved it so much when I, think, when I see this word hinder. So this has got to be awkward, right? Jesus' disciples... You know, Jesus is just doing all kinds of stuff, and they're just like, this is awesome, walking with Jesus. And, they, and all these people are lined up, all these adults are lined up to, be, to see Jesus. And families show up with little kids. And the disciples say, no, 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 Jesus is busy. Go away. That's what happened, right? And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. You guys are wrong. Let those kids come to me. In fact, I got a feeling the kids he put in the front of the line. For such and such as them belongs the kingdom of God. And remember, he just said, unless you are converted, which means to be changed and become like a little child or become childlike, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. We read that a little bit, a little bit ago. So. 
Jesus pointed out that the adults in this case were getting in the way and were actually hindering the children from coming to Jesus. And that was so important to Jesus that he stopped everything at that moment. Are you kids glad about that? Eva, are you glad that Jesus stopped adults from interfering with children, getting to know Jesus? Isn't that amazing that Jesus would say, no, I want the kids to have access to me, to be able to come to me. Right, Kershaw? Right. I got to play with the Howard kids earlier this week. I think it was Wednesday night. Brooke and, and Jennifer needed to go out and spend some time together. They're doing a lot of stuff together for JBQ and Calvary Kids. And so I got to have in my house all six Howard children. I had a blast. I did. We played hide-and-go-seek. We played tag. We played some stuff that I didn't even know the name of. Graveyard tag or something. What was it called, Nina? Ghost in the Graveyard. Sounds kind of like Halloween, doesn't it? We played um, Connect Four. I got soundly thrashed by Mina. We... We, we did music videos. We put on uh, Pandora on the TV and the For King and Country and some other uh, people like Toby Mac and the girls danced and sang and I recorded them. And it was like, they're, they're amazing. And I had so much fun. I had the kids for two hours. And uh, when Brooke came home, I was just, I wasn't all beat up and, 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 and out of energy when Brooke came home. I just had such a great time with the kids. You know what? It took me two years to know the names of all those kids. Partly because they're Gaelic names, Irish names, which are not easy because they don't sound like they're written, right? But partly because I'm on a journey to learn how to love and see children the way Jesus does. And you know what? I'm not the only adult that needs to see children the way Jesus did. Jesus is reprioritizing things and we at Calvary, we adults at Calvary need to be able to shift this area too to where we begin to see the children. We cannot see them like the disciples did, as noisy and in the way. As long as we think that the adult church service is the main thing, the main point, we're missing Jesus' point. A big, big part of our calling as believers, adult believers, is to steward our children to become valiant, mighty, spiritual warriors. How many of you suspect that the next generation of children growing into adults is going to need to be better equipped in the Lord than we were? It's going to need to be stronger and more resilient and more in tune with the Lord and more aware of their spiritual gifts than we have been. How many of you think about how are my kids going to navigate in 10 years? How are they going to deal with what's coming on the world? What if they are the last generation? 
how am I doing my part to not hinder them from becoming what Jesus is calling them to become? As long as we think the adult church service is the main point, we're missing Jesus' point. And that self-focus can be sinful pride which hinders seeing what God wants us to see and hinders them becoming who God's called them to be. So, let me ask you, do you see the children in our midst? Look around. Do you see the children in our midst? But do you really see them? Or they just look like little people? How many of you have heard it said that there's no junior Holy Spirit in children? It's the same size Holy Spirit in adults. Does that make sense? If, the, if they know Jesus, who do they have living inside them? The Holy Spirit of God. Is he a smaller version? No, he's not. He's the same Holy Spirit. Dagon, when he knows Jesus, I'm not sure how much he's there yet, he's got the same Holy Spirit that I have in me. We need to shift. We need to, we need to get a grip on these things. So how many of you know the names of the Howard children? Ha! Boy, I think I hit the bullseye today. So, I mean, I can't point the finger, right? Took me two years. How many of you know Johnny's kids' names? Well, the uncles do. <laughs> you guys got some work to do. We got some work to do. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah. If you don't see the children, really see them to where you welcome them, include them, involve them, then you have no hope of learning what God wants you to see. Because he said, if you don't receive those children, they're the ones that are going to show you what the kingdom of God looks like and what it means to enter the kingdom of God. That should shake us up a little bit. It's not okay to tell yourself, I'm old, I've already had my kids, I've already done my thing, so I don't, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Or that I'm single, I don't have kids, so this doesn't have anything to do with me. Sorry, you're part of a family. It's called your spiritual family, your Calvary family. All these kids in this, this body, this church family, are, are our kids. All of them need you to get to know them. It doesn't mean you build intimate bonds. It means you get to know them as like a spiritual aunt or uncle or cousin or big brother or big sister. There's no exemptions of that. We're all a family. We need to know all the members of the family, including the younger ones. We have to learn to see our kids. We need to, they need to be part of our vision, our now vision and our future vision. We need to have vision not simply to hinder, not to hinder them, but to learn from them. To learn from their actions and their thoughts. So we can see what's getting between kids and Jesus and help remove that. 
so they can learn. It's going to take some changes. You know, we can tell kids all we want we're going to do something, but they don't believe it until they see us actually do it, right? Because they learn from our actions and not from our words. Okay, kids. I've got a bag. Hmm, it's got some cool stuff in it. I have got hats. Got some hats there. You like that? It should go actually belong to Sarah's family, right? They have a lizard. And I have another hat. You like that one? About three months, right? One more for our railroad people. Engineer's hat. You guys are learning about, or supposed to learn about today, if you didn't come in here, the helmet of salvation, right? Because you're learning about the armor of God, from Ephesians chapter 6. Would any of those hats that I put on work as the helmet of salvation? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> so where do I get a helmet of salvation? Kids? Yes. Anything more? Where do I get a helmet of salvation? Thank you, Caleb. Caleb said Jesus. <laughs> well, well, that helmet of salvation that comes from Jesus helped me to get into the kingdom of heaven? You bet it does. You bet it does. So, I want to talk about these kids, it says that their angel is always standing before the face of the Father. Okay? Do you kids know that your angel, you have an angel? That your angel reports to God all the time for you? It's really true. You have an angel, and he is right there with God, and he's in charge of making sure what's going on with you, and he's helping out. So I want to ask you a question, you guys. All right, any of you kids can answer this. Did you know that the Bible says the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children? Did you know that? It says the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children. So how, what will heaven be like? if it belongs to little children. Hmm? There will be a lot of children. Okay, they'll prefer games to the serious stuff. Fun. I like fun. 
And I brought my yo-yo today. And it glows in the dark because it's got lights. You guys like to have fun? You like to play games? We played games the other day. It was a blast. Hide and go seek. I'm not really good at hiding anymore. I used to be able to get into that little cupboard, you know. I can't get into that cupboard anymore. I went out into the garage, and there was this little bench there, and Mina had tucked herself in underneath the bench. I didn't even see her. She was so small. Then I looked on top of my car, and there were two of the kids up on the roof of my car, parked in the garage. It was fun. We had a good time. Just think, if heaven's going to be a place that belongs to such as these little children, what's it going to be like? Does that change maybe your view of heaven? Maybe you need to think about that. We need to be converted. We as adults need to be converted. We need to be changed. We need to be changed to a new purpose. We need to get a hold of what God's desire and passion is for us and how we steward the children that are all around us. Do you have a purpose other than the one that you have for your idea of, of your goals for your life? Do you have a God purpose for your life? Well, that's what this is part of. It's going to God and say, God, you know, sure, I can do my job and I can retire and we can have vacation and we can do this, we can buy a summer home, we can buy whatever. You might have a lot of those kinds of purposes, but do you have God's purpose for how you steward the people in your life, including the little people, the younger people? You know, the notes for this message are over there on that little table as you come in. I hope you got that. You will take this home and think about it and use it as a tool, use it as maybe a meditation, use it as a, a study this week to answer some of these questions. So I want to ask you another question. What does it mean to be childlike before God and one another? What does it mean to be childlike? Anybody throw out an idea? Some of, we've already thrown some of those ideas out. Free. Oh, I like that. Free, unhindered, yeah. Honest and vulnerable. Pardon? Okay. Yes, Bob. Oh, yeah, very, very good. Very, very good. Excellent. So true. Who else? Pardon? Not holding grudges. Oh, yeah, kids are very forgiving. Yeah. Anybody else? Childlike. Don't have boundaries. <laughs> True. Anybody else? Childlike. Innocent. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a few, a few of these down, too. Let me add a couple to the ones you guys have said. Guileless. In other words, they don't deceive people, right? You ever seen a child try to deceive people? Oh, well, they do lie sometimes, right? Unworldly, unsophisticated, trusting. I think trusting was mentioned. Unsuspicious, unguarded, open, frank. 
it's been mentioned, uninhibited, natural, spontaneous, curious, imaginative, accepting of others, generous, I love that, content, expressive. When I read that list, do any of you kind of go, I used to be that way a little bit. Can our children teach us what the kingdom of God looks like? Boy, they sure can. Once we see our children, we can observe, start observing Jesus in our children. So I want to ask another hard question. What things are you bringing into your home life or letting exist in your home your children's lives that are coming ahead of deep, deep life relationship times with Jesus and them. You know, even good things can get in the way of what God wants to do. We can fill our lives with them. Sports, technology, social media, those things can fill our lives up. You need to take an inventory. I need to continue to do that. Of what are we doing that's filling our lives up, that's preventing us from having really deep relational time with our kids? Is there anything in your life getting a priority over your relationship with God, knowing Him in prayer and in His Word, and getting priority over your relationship with good friendships with God's people? Those are things your kids need to observe in your life and in your, in your home. Your kids learn to worship when they see what? You, parents, worship. So are you worshiping in front of your kids? Do your parents ever see you raise your hands? I mean, do your kids ever see you raise your hands? Do your kids hear you pray out loud? Do your kids see you on your knees weeping, seeking the Lord? Do they see you opening your Bible and reading the Scripture? Because you are the primary mentor, the primary disciple maker of children. And if you're not a parent, you can still have that influence. Whether if you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, and just about everybody is at least one of those. When we do those kinds of things, we cease getting in the way of our children coming to Jesus. And we give them an opportunity to know the Lord. Another hard question. So how, and he mentions, if, if one of you causes one of these children to sin, right? So how can we cause a little one to sin? I could answer that. Our kids are here, you know, they can hear what we're talking about. That could make us a little self-conscious. Or we can take a moment and call out things that we may be doing that actually cause our little ones to sin, we could confess our sins and be prayed for. Maybe out loud isn't what is needed, but self-examination is. I'm going to ask Terry and Brett. I think Terry and Brett, after at the end of the service, to be available up here to pray for anybody that wants to get prayer. 
But I really want you to seriously, as an adult, ask yourself the question, is there anything in my life, Lord, that's causing either intentionally or unintentionally, it could be a passive thing, but for me to hinder the children in my life. And if there is, if the Holy Spirit highlights something, I want you to come up and ask one of those two. They're going to be over here on the, on the stage. On the edge. We call that the altar, I guess. But ask one of them to pray for you and confess that before the Lord and ask Him to forgive you and to change your heart. Because this is very serious. Finally, one of the last questions I want to ask publicly this morning. What's the penalty for hindering a child coming to the Lord? We read about it. What's that? Um, No, but that is definitely part of it, yeah. He said it would be better if someone... tied a millstone around your neck and threw you in the bay. What's a millstone? Anybody know what a millstone is? Yes, Bob? Yes, it's a huge stone. It could be 6, 8 feet, 10 feet in diameter. It's a big circle, and it spins, and it crushes the grain. Millstones weigh thousands of pounds. I mean, there may be little ones, too. But the ones that they use in mills for grinding, usually water-powered, that's historically anyway, they can be powered by anything. They weigh a lot of weight. So if you hung a gigantic rock around your neck and they threw you in the bay, it would be kind of like the mobsters in, in Lake Tahoe in the 1930s, they would, or Lake Michigan. They would give people what they called concrete shoes, people they wanted to erase. They would pour fresh concrete, have them step into the bucket, and then the concrete would harden, and guess what? They weren't going anywhere, and then they would throw them overboard from a boat, and they would never come back. Jesus says here, it'd be better if somebody did that to you than if you hindered a little one from coming to me. So as I close this morning, I'm, I know I'm running a few minutes late, I just put some questions up here that will help you kind of process and say, make, make this applied to your life, okay? So let's look at some of those questions. First of all, do I know the names of the kids in the church? Now, that's really practical. You can start getting to know those kids today. Just ask, hey, what's your name again? How do you spell that? And then think of something that their name reminds you of so you can get it in your head and remember it. I wish that every single person, every single adult in this church, knew all the children by name, and was praying for those kids in our church. That would be something that would be so godly, that would be so pleasing to the Lord. Do I take time to ask the kids in my life questions about their thoughts, their feelings? When do I do that? When I was hanging out with the Howard kids, I got to ask them some questions. And they've got some really amazing things that they think. I learned a lot about Mina playing Connect Four. And I learned a bit about her sister and brothers. Just talking and asking questions. Do I get down to their level when I talk to little ones? There's a picture. I think, has the picture already been up? There it is again. 
That's our dear friend Dennis that had eye surgery last week, and your eyes are much better, right? You can't see out of it yet. They reconnected the cornea? Retina, okay. So he's got an eye patch on. And those are a couple of his beautiful grandchildren. But do you see Dennis's position, his posture? Now, how many of you know Dennis a little bit? Anybody know Dennis? Is Dennis a real emotional guy that just loves to hang out and be a kid all the time? Well, he's, I think he does like to do that. He's a hard-working rancher, farmer, train guy. He's, he's strong. He's a, he's a patriarch of his family. And yet, look at that. He's modeling the kingdom of God for the rest of us. I, I, I hope you don't mind me showing that picture. It just tells us volumes about God. And you're demonstrating some, the heart of Jesus there. Some more questions. Go ahead, Dale. Do I talk about Jesus and God with the kids in my life and explain, or explain what God is doing in my life? What he's speaking to me. You know, the kids need to know where you're struggling or they think you're, you're out of reach. They need to know, parents, that you are desperate sometimes, that you are struggling. They need to know that. They need to hear you say, please forgive me. Do you pray with the kids in your life? For those of you that are parents or grandparents, how often do I ask my kids or grandkids what they're learning in Calvary Kids? What did you learn today? What verse was there? What game did you play? What did, what did Brooke say to you guys today? How can you look so thoughtful at whatever it would be? Brooke is pouring the Word of God, and all the teachers are pouring the Word of God into these kids. There's so much to talk about. Have I talked to them about asking Jesus to be Savior and Lord of their lives? How many of our kids are ready for water baptism if we would just find out and help them get ready for that? Have I been observing what spiritual gifts our kids are demonstrating and affirming that? Am I encouraging them to worship with me in the service? Do I ask them at home what God is speaking to them? I want some things to shift in our church. I want to see more adults coming to the Calvary Kids Wing, going down there and checking out what's happening there. Not just observing, but also being involved, if you can be. We've got a lot of new people involved, which is very exciting. I want our kids to hear us praying out loud so they can model something based on what they see and hear. And I want to give our children a voice in our services. I want kids to be able to share their testimony in here and to know that it's welcome. I want them to be able to ask questions in the service. You know I ask you guys a lot of questions. I know you must get tired of that sometimes. I want our kids to say, Pastor Jim, and I've had TJ do that quite a bit. TJ's is bold. He just loves, and he's so curious. I've had a few other kids ask me questions too. I want all the kids to feel comfortable doing that. This is not an uh, audience, professional type thing. It's, this is the family, the house of God. There needs to be interaction, at least at times. You know, giving children a voice starts at our dinner table. We need to ask questions. Not like the house I grew in where dad put the, mom put the food on the table and everybody dived for it. It's four boys. And it was just, and it was all gone, and we all got up and left. 
Brooke grew up in a home where they actually talked around the dinner table. That was a new thing for me, new concept, but I found it very important. That's where some really serious, important life conversations can happen. And I want us to encourage kids when they hear the voice of the Lord to share what God is speaking to them. That needs to start at home too. So let's close in prayer. And again, I want to encourage you to ask yourself the question, is there something that needs to shift in me? Is there some way that I may have been a hindrance to the kids in my life, knowing Jesus or knowing him better, even if I didn't mean to do it intentionally, that I kind of like been so self-focused or adult-focused that I've missed seeing the kids in my life. And Terry and Brett, why don't you guys come on up and uh, be available to pray with folks. So let's, let's bow and head our heads together. Lord God, we just thank you for this morning, and I ask for you to continue this work you're doing in us, Lord. You are um, trying to increase some things in us, Lord, and I pray that you'd help us to cooperate with you. Help us to see. Open our eyes, Lord. Help us to see our children, to see the young people, and to welcome them and to bring them to you. Lord, I pray for moms and dads that you would help us to live our Christian life openly and not privately before our children. I pray that our kids would hear us pray and would just naturally start praying alongside of us. I pray they'd hear us sing and begin to worship alongside of us. How are they going to learn to worship and pray if we are not modeling it. We are not leading them. You've given us a stewardship, Lord. And I think many of us, Lord, are really behind the eight ball in our experience of doing this for our kids. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray right now you bring conviction to us and that we would be able to come and start out today by getting it right, getting it forgiven, confessing it, to someone and getting a fresh start and making a fresh commitment to a generation that's going to face stuff that we never had to face. And God, whether they stand or fall may depend if we're getting out of the way and we are the ones opening the door for them to know you, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to do business with you today. We just thank you for this time to be together for this fifth Sunday. And we just give you the rest of our day now, Father. And we thank you for your presence. We love you, Lord. We say, Jesus, keep doing what you're doing. And we thank you for the gift of our children today. We honor them in Jesus' name. Amen.